Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn, and on our episode today, we're going to look at the history of one of the most hopping places in Muskegon County from the early 1900s until it burned down in 1963, that place being the Pomona, or Fruitport, Pavilion. Fruitport had its start as an early farming community, with of course fruit playing a role. As a small community grew on the eastern shore of Spring Lake, it was aided with the discovery of mineral springs containing sulfur. It was these springs that would attract many visitors and lead to the creation of a resort called the Pomona House in 1871. The house was very popular and drove more people to discover the area. The location was also ideal for trains traveling between Muskegon, Grand Haven, and Grand Rapids, as Fruitport was at the junction where trains could go north towards Spring Lake and Muskegon, or south to Grand Haven. It was also a short ride from Grand Rapids. Later, the position of the highway close by also made it a good location for traffic coming from many directions by car. It was the train I mentioned earlier called the Inner Urban that would first begin the Pomona Pavilion on Spring Lake. In 1900, the Inner Urban began transporting people to the area and wanted to have some type of draw. So they began the creation of a pavilion and dance hall on the lake. In 1902, the building finished construction. It was built by Charles H. Hertz and Son, a company from Grand Rapids, with lumber from the Thayer Lumber Company in Muskegon. The building, which was located right near the inner urban stop, projected out into Spring Lake with enough space for boats to dock right at it. It was described in the paper as thusly. The building is 100 by 64 feet and two stories tall. It has a 42 foot by 75 foot dance floor, a 12 by 16 foot ladies parlor, a dining or refreshment room that is 25 by 45 feet, and an attached kitchen that is 15 by 16. It is surrounded by many verandas that catch the lake breeze, and the grounds have gardens and terraces. The building was also described as adding much beauty and attractiveness to Fruitport and Spring Lake. 1902 saw great success for the pavilion, with 500 to 1,000 coming every night to dance the night away on the shores of the lake. It was so popular that there was talk of expansion after its first year. Besides visitors coming from stops along the inner urban line from places like Grand Rapids, Coopersville, and Muskegon, steamboats on Spring Lake also pulled up to the pavilion and dropped off visitors, specifically the steamer Ottawa. 1902 was also the year it received its official name when on July 31st it was given the name Pomona Pavilion after the Pomona Hotel which was built near the springs and had burned down previously. 1903 saw continued success with Tuesdays and Thursdays being the most popular days for Muskegon County residents. Many of these dance nights were sponsored by local businesses and Friday nights were the busiest with a second band being brought from Grand Rapids to play for the crowds and a special late night train to return dancers home. Usually the Pomona Pavilion opened around Memorial Day and closed on Labor Day for the summer season. A 1904 article describes what could be found at the pavilion, including a soda fountain, ice cream, candy, and cigars. There was also swings, picnic grounds, and boat rentals, where you could also buy fishing tackle and bait if you wanted to fish on the lake. Dances could be found there every night but Sunday, where you might find a church service there instead. The pavilion also hosted magicians, graduations, and dance competitions, with prizes of miles being awarded. These miles could then be used for the inner urban. The Inner Urban ran the pavilion until 1928 when they sold it to band leader Frank Lockage. Under Lockage, a few things would change, including the pavilion being open in the winter in limited hours, Tuesdays and Fridays. 
During the summer, bands would play from 9.30 to 2 a.m. as guests danced the night away. Lockage also was a big promoter and brought in many huge names in big bands to Fruitport. Lockage booked Glenn Miller, Lawrence Welk, Louis Armstrong, Buddy Holly, Stan Keaton, Tommy Dorsett, and Duke Ellington, among others. In 1957, the cost for tickets to concerts such as this were $2 per person, but youth dances were also had at the cost of 50 cents. Chaperones were, of course, on hand. Lockage would run the pavilion for 32 years before resigning to be a Muskegon Heights City Council member. In 1960, Lockage said of his time with the pavilion that he really enjoyed it, but that, quote, the days of the big bands are over and probably will never return, end quote. In 1959, the pavilion was sold to Walter Stevenson of Lansing, who ran it for a few years before selling it to Alfred Lilly in December of 1962. Lilly would have the shortest ownership of the building as a fire started in the early morning on January 4, 1963 and burned the building down. Lilly had owned the pavilion for about two weeks at the time. The fire, which was believed to have started in the kitchen after the staff left around 2 a.m., spread rapidly, and the light from the early morning fire was said to be visible some 17 miles away. The loss was near total and was estimated at a cost of about $120,000. After the fire, there was much talk of rebuilding the pavilion. In fact, the site was sold to Mitchell Lapo of Lapo Lumber in Muskegon, and he said rebuilding it was a possibility. However, the era of big bands and dances was past its peak, and the site was never reconstructed. While the building no longer remains, the memories of the pavilion are still fresh in the minds of those that experienced it or passed down its stories. If you stand today at the spot where the pavilion was, it is easy to imagine the sounds of big band music, laughter, and dancing throughout the night. Thank you for listening to Muskegon History and Beyond. 